Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Hey, everyone at First Orlando. Debbie and I love you guys so much. Pastor David, Rachel, we love y'all so much. And I guess because Pastor David has asked me to be a part of this series that I am officially part of the preaching team of First Orlando now. So I'm pretty excited about that. I'm just kidding. This might be my last message. I don't know. I'm going to try to do a good job, Dr. Youth, for you. So anyway, love you guys so much. Good to see you. Uh, if you want to turn to your Bibles, we're going to start at Genesis chapter 3. I know y'all are like we are. You're meeting online right now. But I sure appreciate you continuing to meet, to go to church in your homes, meet and listen uh, attend church online, uh, and also continue to give because God is moving right now and continue to pray. God's doing something in our world right now. Uh, Dr. Youth shared with me about this series, and you know, it really is community that brings us together no matter what's going on in our world. And so I wanna bring a message to you today called belonging. We belong to the family of God, to the community of faith, and so I just want you to think about this. We are all born with the desire to belong or to connect. You know, you've probably done this before where you turn your phone off on a plane and when you land, they say, okay, you can turn your phone back on and you turn your phone on and it says searching. It's searching for connection. We come out of the womb searching for connection searching to belong. So I want to go all the way back to the beginning, Adam and Eve before the fall, and notice how they lost their connection, their sense of belonging to God and their sense of belonging to each other. Genesis 3, verse 7 says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened. This is after they ate the fruit. And they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And if you go on, God says to him, who told you were naked? Who told you that? Well, no one told them. They knew it because their eyes were open. But they had been naked. They were never ashamed. I want you to notice that from the very beginning, when sin came into the world, they didn't feel like they belonged anymore to God and each other because they sewed fig leaves and covered themselves even. And think about this. <laughs> uh, from whom were they hiding? <laughs> you know, the monkeys? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't know. Were the monkeys pointing and laughing? I mean, why, why would they cover themselves with fig leaves? I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't mean this wrong, but, you know, I'm with my wife, Debbie, I don't cover myself, and I don't care if the dog sees me, you know. So what, what, what was, it's just Adam and Eve. It's just a husband and a wife. But they had a sense of shame, they had a sense of not belonging from the very, very beginning. 
I, I grew up with that sense of shame. I grew up with a, a terrible sense of rejection. When I was about three years old, I had a tricycle accident. I know that doesn't sound traumatic, but my front two feet, uh, teeth went through my bottom lip, actually went into my bottom lip and had to be surgically removed. And then I had to, had to have scar tissue removed later. And I, but my bottom lip was always bigger. I just remember that. I always thought I looked silly, you know, and I was real skinny. So my bottom lip was big and I was real skinny. I felt like if I turned sideways, I looked like a zipper. So I'm just telling you what I felt, you know? And, um, but anyway, I remember going to band for the very first time. And when we walked in, the band instructor said, wow, look at those lips. You'd be a great trombone player. Well, that doesn't do much for your, you know, sense of uh, security, you know, and identity. And of course, I wanted to say, wow, look at those hips. You'd be a great cello player, but I didn't, you know. But anyway, I grew up wanting to belong. I can remember in high school, I joined the rodeo club and rode bulls, which is unbelievably foolish. Uh, bull riders are short and stocky. I'm, I was tall and skinny. And it's crazy. Why? Because I found acceptance there. So we, we all want to be accepted. But in this message, I have two points and I have some bad news and some good news. So we'll get to the good news, but let me start with the bad news. The bad news is, point number one, we were born rejected. We were born rejected because of sin. Uh, Isaiah 59, two, your iniquities have separated you from your God. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. This word sinned is the Greek word hamartino. Uh, it literally means to just miss the mark. And if you want to be more specific, uh, most Greek words, not all, but many come from either a military background or a sporting background. Uh, when it says take all thoughts captive, that word captive is spear point, comes from a military background. When it says, let the peace of God rule in your heart, that word rule means umpire. Comes from a sporting background. This word, hamartinol, actually comes from an archery background, sporting, and it literally doesn't mean miss the target. It means miss the bullseye, the center. So we've all missed the bullseye. Some of us, like I did, missed the whole target. But we've all missed the mark. And our sins have separated us from God. Therefore, we're born with a sense of rejection from the very beginning. Now, I told you I have bad news, and then point number two will be good news, but before I get to good news, I'm gonna go to worse news, okay? So just stay with me, all right? The bad news is we're, we're accept, separated from God because of our sin. The worst news is that in order to be accepted, now just stay with me, <laughs> we have to be perfect. Now, I know you say, wait, you're gonna to have to bring this around, Pastor. I'll bring it around, but let me show you a scripture. Leviticus 22, 21. And whoever offers a sacrifice of a peace offering to the Lord to fulfill his vow or a free will offering from the cattle or the sheep, watch this, it must be perfect to be accepted. There shall be no defect in it. In other words, a perfect God will only accept perfection. But here's the good news, okay? I'll bring it to that. I even got to point two. That's the really good news, right? Jesus is the perfect offering. He's the perfect sacrifice. Hebrews 10, 14, for by one offering, 
He, Jesus, has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Hebrews 12, 22 and 23. But you've come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable, innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all. Now watch, this is what I wanna bring us to. To the spirits of just men made perfect. See, Jesus made us perfect through the cross. He makes us perfect in our position. We're not perfect in our performance. We're, we're, we're not even perfect in our practice or our progress. Let me say it again. We're not perfect in our performance, our practice, or our progress. We're perfect in our position. This is the only way that you can understand a scripture that's in the most famous sermon ever preached, the Sermon on the Mount. It's the end of Matthew chapter five, verse 48. says, therefore, Jesus speaking, you shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. You shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. What's he saying? You're gonna be perfect in your performance and never make a mistake again? No, he's saying, I'm gonna make you perfect in your position before God. See, the only way that we can have a relationship with a perfect God is that through the blood of Jesus, all of our sins are forgiven and we're made perfect in our position before God. I, I have tried to be perfect. And I, I, I used to say, no, I'm not a perfectionist. I just like to do things with excellence. But every time I'd make a mistake, I'd just beat myself up. I can remember trying to preach a perfect sermon at least once. And I've preached thousands of sermons now. And I can remember getting in the car and saying to my wife, Debbie, you know, finally I did it. That one, that one was a perfect sermon, and she'd go, eh, you know, like that. So, wait, 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 what, what, what was wrong? And she'd say, well, you know, you, you're probably a little tired, you'd preached three times already, and uh, it, just a couple of things, but it's not, no big deal. And I'd say, no, wait, 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 what? And she'd say, well, you know, you said there were uh, 10 disciples, and there were 12, and you said there were 12 commandments, there were 10. You just got the numbers mixed up in your mind. And every time I try to do a perfect message, something goes wrong, why? because I'm not perfect in my performance, but I'm perfect in my position before Christ because Jesus made me perfect. I can remember uh, when the church began to grow and just striving because I felt so inadequate. I don't know if you feel inadequate in what God's called you to do, but I think all of us do at some point. And I remember one time telling the Lord, Lord, this is now too big for me. I just put the word now in there. <laughs> I said, this is now too big for me. You know what the Lord said to me? Son, it's always been too big for you. It's always been too big for you. You're just now realizing that it's too big for you. So it's all by grace. We start by grace, we finish by grace. So the bad news is we are born rejected, but here's the good news, point number two, we were born again accepted. We were born rejected, but we were born again accepted. Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted 
in the beloved. And here it is in the New Living Translation. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son, who belong to his dear son. I'm talking about belonging today. Let me show you another verse on belonging. Mark 9, 41. For whoever gives you a cup of water to drink in my name because you belong to Christ, assuredly I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward because you belong to Christ. I don't know if you've ever given this much thought, but you belong to Christ. You know why? He purchased you. He paid the full price for your salvation and for your soul. He purchased you. He bought you. He gave his life for you. You belong to Jesus. That's good news. That's great news. And here's where we still struggle even as Christians. It's what Adam and Eve did. They felt separated from God and they felt separated from each other for the first time. Um, I don't know if you've ever realized this, but God did not name Eve, Eve. Adam did. God named them Adam. Adam means mankind. He named them Adam. They were Adam. Adam, before the fall, said to Eve, you are bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. After the fall, he said, you're Eve, the mother of all living. It's like he was saying, you're separate from me. When sin came in the world, we feel separated from God and separated from each other. Here's the fix. Here's the cure for that. Accepting Jesus and belonging to the community. It is so important to belong, not just to attend, but to belong to the family. If God has called you to FBO, belong, jump in, get involved. Uh, uh, at FBO, there's what's called the Discover Experience. Uh, Discover First Orlando, Discover Experience. Okay, please hear me. This next week, they're having it online. And after the message, you're gonna find out how you can participate online. I hope one thing you've realized through this quarantine is that we need to belong. We need to jump in. Don't just attend church when we can gather back again publicly. And don't just attend online, but thank you for attending online. And thank you for continuing to give, but jump in, become a member. So you don't have to wait until we can gather again because it's online. Again, it's called the Discover Experience. Discover First Orlando. Discover. Discover Experience. Have the experience. Jump in, get involved, get plugged in, watch what God does. Here's one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible, Psalm 68, verse 6. God sets the solitary in families. This is talking about the church. This is where we missed it so many times. We accept Jesus Christ, and yet we really don't grow in our faith because we don't plug in. We don't belong somewhere. The Bible talks about those who are planted in the house of the Lord, bear fruit. So get planted, belong, discover, get involved. But let me just make it clear. Uh, I'm gonna turn it back over to Dr. Youth in just a moment, but let me just make something clear. Why are we accepted? I said we were born rejected, but we're born again accepted. Why are we now accepted by God? Now listen to me, please. 
It's because Jesus was rejected so we could be accepted. Now, I'm gonna show you in scripture. He was rejected so we could be accepted. Here's some scripture, Isaiah 53, three. He is despised and rejected by men. Mark 8, 31, and he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. Acts 4, 11, this is the stone which was rejected by you builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Now, before I show you the next scripture, I said Jesus was rejected so we could be accepted. So I just showed you three scriptures that he was rejected by men. But this is the scripture that shows he was rejected by God so we could be accepted. And it's a very famous scripture. You've heard it before. You've probably read it. But this is the scripture. Mark 15, 34. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The word forsake means to abandon or to reject. God, why have you rejected me? Now, let me say this. Many theologians have wondered why would Jesus say this because he knew it was going to happen. I, I, he didn't know it was gonna happen. And he went willingly to the cross. I believe the reason he cried out like this was because he knew it was going to happen, but he didn't know how it was going to feel until it actually happened. For the first time in all of eternity, God the Father and God the Son were separated so that you and I could be reunited to God. Again, I told you I've struggled with rejection all my life. And um, for years, uh, I would ask Debbie, my wife, why do you love me? I could not figure out why she loved me. And I'd just say, why do you love me? And she'd say, well, you know, you're a good husband. I'd say, well, what if I weren't a good husband? <laughs> you know, it's like she couldn't win. And she'd say, well, I, yeah. I'd say, well, tell me, tell me, tell me why you love me. And she'd say, well, you're, you're a good father. Well, what if I weren't a good father? You know, you know I just, all these crazy things. And I kept saying, why? Tell me why, why you love me. And finally, I remember she said to me, just because I do, now shut up and go to sleep, you know? So, but I just still couldn't quite get it. And one day in my quiet time, the Lord just kind of broke in on me. And you know how he gives us impressions. Obviously, God speaks through his word, but he'll give us an impression like the call to preach. I can remember very clearly when God called me to preach at East Texas Baptist University in Marshall, Texas. And then I, after East Texas Baptist, and I went to Criswell uh, Bible College, not far from Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary, I think where Dr. Youth went. But that was my, my training. But I remember God's call clearly in East Texas. So God speaks to our heart. And so in my quiet time one day, I just felt like the Lord just impressed upon me. Um, I know why Debbie loves you. And I thought, you do? And he said, yeah, same reason I love you. I said, well, why do you love me? This is what he said. Because you're mine. Because you belong to me. She loves you because you're hers. You love your children because they're yours. Not because their behavior is perfect, because it's not, but because they're yours. They're your kids. You love them because they belong to you. 
Debbie loves you because you belong to her. I love you because you belong to me. Please hear me. God loves you. You belong to the family of God. And I want you to belong and know that sense of belonging at FBO. I want you to go through Discover Experience. I want you to jump in, be a part, be a full member, get to meet some other people and belong to the family because you, through Christ, belong to God. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.